Welcome to the All People's Church Sunday podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more messages and resources, please visit allpeoples.com or download our free All People's Church app. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing this nice and rainy day? Awesome. Hey, if you are a guest with us, I'm Robert. I'm the pastor here. have a joyous privilege of getting to do that. And we would love if you would write uh, on that little guest card in the bulletin and turn that in at the end of the service in our guest tent, and we'll give you a free mug. Also, anyone in here, if you want to write down a prayer request, those all come across our desks as the pastors, and we pray for each one of them. So an awesome opportunity. Hey, anyone at Mexico training yesterday? Give me a little wave. Lots, lots of different ones. Hey, the, uh, I know that different ones said, hey, can I not go? I wasn't at the, the training. We actually have a ma- makeup training next Sunday. We know that different people have plans on weekends. But you have to sign up by tomorrow at 5. So you can go online and sign up for the trip. It's going to be a wonderful time. And speaking of trips, I just returned from Scotland this week. And uh, weather just like this. Uh, it took my son Joshua, he turned 10 recently, and so this was kind of his rite of passage. As I was doing a ministry trip, I'll take my kids when they turn 10 on a trip. Also, Jeff Mitchell, our future Moldova team church plant leader, uh, with me on that. And uh, it was a great time. Got to minister in Joe Ewan's churches, and Joe's on our board of advisors and a real prophetic voice in our whole movement. He has three churches on the Northeast Coast. and. We were preaching and ministering. God's power was showing up in really great ways and healing and the power of the Holy Spirit and also coaching them. And, um, you know, when you show up at these different places, often one of the things they do to bless you is they give you a little gift bag. And they'll give you some, some you know, food and drinks and chocolates. And they'll oftentimes give you a little souvenir from the area. So when I go to Starbucks, I mean, when I go to Seattle, they'll give me like a Starbucks mug from Seattle. So here's what they gave me. Uh, it was a little coaster. And it said, Mingin. Anyone heard that word? Mingin. And uh, I, I'm, I'm saying, yeah, our, our English woman <laughs> is a one person who knows it. Um, so it says it describes a degree of dirt, dust, or mud upon a person, a soiled person in need of a bath. <laughs> like, thank you so much. And, you know, you, you think in Scotland that they, they just speak English, and, uh, but, but that is definitely not the case. Uh, one morning... Joshua and I, uh, we, we were busy with all these meetings, but we had a morning off. So, so Joe Ewan's an avid fisherman. So we took us fly fishing in Scotland. I mean, wow. The, and, and, but it's so cold that this little San Diegan, you know, is like freezing. So Joshua and I go and like retreat into the fishing shack. It was like a little hobbit hole. And um, Joe Ewan's walking with us to it. We're going to get warmed up. And I've been talking and, and, and having this great conversation with Joe, understanding every word he says, and then he meets one of his neighbors. And I didn't understand a word they said to each other. He goes, Fluja And the guy goes, I pekin. And he goes, Fit liken, nebod. I'm like, what are you? <laughs> I said, what is Fluja He goes, uh, that means how are your pigeons? I said, does he have pigeons? No, that's just what we say around here. I said, I peck, and he goes, oh, it means always pecking. Like, wait, what does that mean? It just means I'm doing fine. Thank you. 
Fit liking. How are you feeling? Fit like good Nabod. Not bad. I, I got that one. But anyway, so so Mingan, I I I'm. I asked him, why did you give me this? You know, I'm thinking, uh, dirty and in need of a bath, a, a dirty person. And then I realized that this was actually a prophetic word for their church. And it's a prophetic word for us because what this, these churches were wanting to grow in was more people coming in and meeting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And... I started unpacking the story of all peoples to them. They wanted to understand why so many people had come to faith here in, in our church and in our church in Mexico and in our, in, our, in our outreaches. And I explained to them from Luke 14 what God had showed us, this, this wonderful kingdom truth that he had unpacked to us. Because you see, when, when we first got to San Diego, I went to a church planters meeting, and this pastor comes up to me and says, ah, oh, you've come here to plant a church here in San Diego. He goes, San Diego is a really hard place to plant a church. I'm like, thank you. And, and he goes, in fact, it's known as a, a pastor's graveyard. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> Welcome to town, Robert. And uh, he said, you know, people just aren't that, aren't that interested here. You know, they have the, they have the beaches and, and the, all the theme parks and so many people are affluent and there's great entertainment and all the, the, the breweries and there's just so much to do that, that, that people don't feel their need for God. But you know, God had shown us from Luke 14 a special truth and I want to unpack that with you today if you have a bible open it to Luke 14 verse 15 this is one of the the parables of Jesus that we hold very dear at this church it starts with this it says one of those at the table with him and this is with Jesus heard this he said to Jesus blessed is the man who will eat at the feast of the kingdom of God it says then Jesus replied a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Jesus basically starts telling a story to help us understand what the kingdom of God is like. And he says that the kingdom of God is like this rich man who's giving a banquet. So I'm going to try to bring this story to life. And no one knows that I'm about to do this. So you're going to humor me because all of a sudden some of you are going to be in this story. Kiko, can you come here? Could you? Please, so sorry, Kiko. Come on up. Let's give Kiko a hand. Kiko, come. Would you would you come up the stairs real quick? I promise to be really sweet to you. Uh, Kiko is going to be our rich man. Doesn't he look like he'd be a rich man giving a a bang? If I were a rich man, da da da. Okay. Anyway, second service. I'm kind of a little zany. All right. Um. So Kiko, you're going to be the rich man, and you are throwing a banquet. Okay. And you're going to send out your servant. So I need a servant. Uh, Brandon LaMarche. You look, yes! This guy, one of our great youth leaders. He's also like a PhD scientist. Uh, PhD scientist who works with youth, so he's crazy. Um, this, is, this is your servant today. Can you act servant? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, thank you. Okay. All right. So, hey, do we have a microphone? Thank you, Joel. Um, so, Kiko, you're about to have a, a banquet, Okay. Listen to how deep his voice is. <laughs> awesome. You hear that? That was a deep. <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, he says this, uh, come for everything is now ready. 
come for everything is now ready. It's like James Earl Jones up here, the Darth Vader. All right, okay, at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything's now ready. So you're gonna go out to the servants, you're gonna go out and bring people and tell them, come for everything's now ready. So here, and Joel's gonna go with you, okay? So, so anyway, uh, he goes out to invite people, but it says they all like began to make excuses First, they said, I've just bought a field. Let me just see for a second. Uh, yeah, her mom, actually. She looks like a field buyer. Uh, can you stand up? Kathleen? Kathleen? Yeah, Kathleen, can Kathleen, you go ahead and stand up? Kathleen, come on. Okay. Why don't you look back at the camera right here? Okay, so, no, 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 Brandon, stay with her. Wait, 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 you're giving up too fast. Okay, so you go, can you tell her, come, because now everything's ready? Come, because everything's now ready. Okay, and so, but she's going to say, she, we're going to put a John Deere hat on her. She just bought a field, and all farmers have John Deere hats, and then she has a little gardening tool. And, but you need to say, uh, I just bought a field, uh, and I, I must go and see it. I just bought a field. I need to go see it. Whoa, whoa, whoa good try. Um, <laughs> you're a farmer, and I grew up around farmers, Kathleen, so farmers talk oh. real slow. Oh. I just bought a field. I just bought a field. And I must go and see it. And I must go see it. Oh, that's good. So she says, please excuse me. So he goes on. Uh, another had just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm looking for an oxen. You know, Dave, you look, you look like you would have just bought some oxen. Okay, so every oxen owner has a cowboy hat, of course. And... Uh, can we turn him around to the camera so everyone can see? And, uh, and a bullwhip, right? The bullwhips. Right. Indiana Jones stole the bullwhips, right? Yeah, yeah. Give that a real good pop, Dave. No, just kidding. Just be quick. Okay. Okay. So, so he says, he says, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm on my way to try them out. I just bought. No, 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 no. Dave, if you want to talk country, you lock your jaw and you talk out the side of your mouth. That's how cowboys talk. Oh, I just bought five years. No, Is that an Australian or something? Like, you got to lock your jaw like no, this. It's all right. You're like, I just bought Oh, some... I just bought five yoke of oxen. <laughs> and I must attend to them. I just got a whip, too. Okay, come on. All right, I'm looking for someone that, that just, got, just got married. Okay, um, let's, let's, let's see. You know what? Here, back here, let's, let's get Erica, Mark James's wife. Oh, she, just, she looks like a deer in the headlights. And Erica, can you stand up? And so we have a little something for you. You can actually keep this. We actually bought you a ring. Got an today. expensive engagement ring right here. It's a ring pop. You can keep it, Erica. You can yeah, keep go ahead this. and put that on. Go ahead and put that on. And we bought you some flowers. You got your little bouquet. And now you're going to say, I, I, just got, I just got married, but I need to hear it like this. You know, I just got married. You know, just a... I just got married. Oh! <laughs> Please excuse me. Okay. So anyway, the servant comes back. He's a little disappointed. And the servant came back. It's verse 21. Come on back. And uh, reported this. To the master. Okay, so go ahead and report to the master. Master, I invited them, but they're busy with cows and whips and weddings. 
Right there. All right. Uh, and the master. I'm sorry, I'm sorry dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> said, <laughs> go out quickly into the roads, the alleys in the town. Go out quickly to the roads and the alleys and towns. Bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. <laughs> just, just grab someone. Just grab them. Grab the, the grab the, 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 bring them on in. Bring them, bring them more, more, more. Get more, get more, get more, get more, get more, get more. Okay. And so they come. Y'all can just stop right here. Just stop. We need some more. We need some more. We need some more. Now, Brandon some comes more. on back and says this. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done. Sir, what, what you ordered has been done. But there's still room. But there's still room. More room at the table. Then the master told the servant, go out to the roads. Go out to the roads. And the country lanes. And the country lanes. And make them come in. And make them come in. So my house may be full. So my house may be full. Let's give them a hand. Thank you. Thank you. So, very good. Incredible. All right. I want your voice. All right. Let me, uh, let, let me make this story relevant to, to our modern day here in San Diego. There's a, a, a person having a feast and, and is sending out the invitations. This is what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is like a man giving a party with a huge feast. The Bible says that he came to give life and life most abundant. So he's sending out party invitations. That's us. We're taking out the party invitations. But you're going to people, and the first says, oh, I have a business meeting. I'm so sorry. I don't have time for that banquet. And the next person says, oh, I'm so sorry. It's Comic-Con. I don't have time for you. And the next person says, oh, an amazing swell's coming in. I got to surf. I'm sorry. I can't go. And then another person goes, oh, I just got married. And this is what the kingdom of God is like. And so what does God say? He goes, go and get the mingin. Go and get the mingin. Go and get the ones that other people are overlooking because they're dirty and they're soiled and they're poor. And they're the highways and the byways. Go to the overlooked ones. Go to the street corners where the homeless are. Go to the bars and pubs where the, where the alcoholics and, the, and the, the users are. Go find the prostitutes. Go to the places where everyone's overlooking. Go to the ones that no one cares about. Go, and they will come in. Because the Bible says, blessed are the poor, and blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Theirs is the kingdom of God. And so when we got to San Diego and they said, oh, it's such a hard place, it's such a challenging place, people aren't interested, they, they're busy with other things. You know what the first thing we did is I went straight to Rosa Parks and City Heights where the street kids were and the gang members were. And, and my team hadn't shown up yet, so I went by myself. I actually called Steph before I got out of my car and said, Steph, I'm about to go into a park and go straight up to gang members. Are you okay with me doing this? I could die. She goes, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, um, so I went. I walk up to a group of guys, you know, and, and they didn't look like me. And I stuck out my hand. I said, hey, how you doing? I'm Robert. And they just looked at my hand, just stared at my hand. And I'm like, uh... 
I'm here to pray for you. I love Jesus. And they went, oh, man, okay. Grabbed my hand, okay. And all of a sudden, one guy goes, man, I'm a little Ricky. What's up? And, and we shake hands, and he goes, hey, come around. And he starts walking me to different groups of people, and he's like, hey, this is Robert. He's cool peoples. I was like, I don't care what you call me. You put cool in front of it, that's what I'll be. But you know, immediately, these guys and girls started coming into our home. And they started joining the church and they started coming to Christ. You know, God's good news is for the poor, it's for the broken. These were street kids, these were gangsters, these were bloods and crips. But, you know, they knew their need. And when we went to them, they came in with us. You know, this is who God is calling us to. And and you say, well, you know, that's not really my life. That's not who I'm around. You know, that just because someone might have money doesn't mean that they're not poor. Because they could be poor in spirit. You know, we land next to a house in San Diego. Many of you have heard this story because I tell it all the time. But it's the history of who we are. I end up next to this house that's just the biggest party house of all the San Diego State athletes, the captain of the football team, and, and one of the, the most popular guys on the baseball team, and all these soccer girls are living in it, and they just have these thumping keg parties. And here I've moved my little family, my little kids next to it. I'm like holding, covering their eyes when guys are walking down the street in their underwear, and I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. But you know what? We started befriending these people, and they were so open. And I said, you know, it's not about religion. It's about a God who wants relationship with you. And I remember one of the girls saying, that's so crazy. We were just talking about, I wonder if God wants to know me. Within a couple weeks, she gave her life to Jesus. They, they invited me over to their parties. I mean, I told them I'm a pastor. They're like, hey, why don't you come over? So like at 11, 11 p.m., you know, I get my kids to bed, and then I walk over into their huge keg party. Hey, what's up, guys? Who's that? Oh, he's just the pastor. And uh, I'm just hanging out with it. Now, now listen to me very carefully, because this, this is who Jesus was. The, the Bible says in Luke 15, I want you to look at this, it says all the tax collectors, who they were known as very bad people like they they didn't have a good reputation they were known for for extortion for 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 getting more out of people than they should and it was kind of a slimy profession it says all the tax collectors and sinners like we're all sinners but some people are actually known as sinners right like you see them and you're like he's a sinner like that's who he is and it says all the tax collectors and sinners were gathering around to hear Jesus like this is one of the 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 my favorite verses in the Bible, and it's one of the verses that this church is all about because we're all people's church, and we believe that church isn't just for churchy people. We believe that Jesus is for all people. And so all the sinners are gathered around Jesus. How many Christians do you know that sinners gather around? Because here's what I've found is that we come to, come to faith, and all of a sudden we get more and more Christian-y. And our world gets Christian, and we stop even hanging out with any unbelievers. We don't even hang out with sinners anymore. We just get our own Christian world, and we go and drink our coffee in a Christian coffee shop. And you know what I'm saying? And we, we, we all, we're only in Christian places with Christians, and, you know, it, we, we get, like, scared of the world. And here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying 
that when we come to Christ that sometimes we don't need to, 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 to remove ourselves from temptation. I'm not saying that. Because, because some, some of you, you know, you've just come to Christ and you're like, man, all my friends are doing drugs and so when I'm around them, they're just always pressuring me to do drugs. No, that's good to remove yourself from that situation until you're strong enough to go back in and influence them. You know, we're called to take the light into dark places. I want you to see something so powerful right here. See, it's light in this room right now. Watch this. I'm going to turn on my flashlight. Whew. No, it doesn't affect this room because this room is full of light, okay? But now watch this. Can you turn off the lights for a minute? Can we, can we turn off the lights? Watch this. Wow. Right? I mean, this is a little flashlight, but look at that. Look, I can, I can read right now. Look at this. I can, I can read. I remember as a kid growing up. Oh, um, it's a great book. Um, the light is made for dark places. And when you as a Christian take your light into dark places, it shines brightly. So that's what we're, what we're called to. And, and so we, we go into these dark places. And so, I, you know, the, these friends, we'd go into their house, into these big keg parties. But I wasn't going to be affected by them. I wasn't getting tempted like I want to do that stuff. I'm like, I've been there. That stinks. I want Jesus. And so they were affected by me. So I remember one day... Uh, Russell stopping me on campus and saying, hey, I want to talk to you. This is the captain of the football team. And I'm like, oh, no, this could be bad because I'm really ruining his party world because everyone in this house is getting saved, and this is not good. And I remember him just looking at me and saying, I want to talk to you. Can Allie and I come over? They come over to our house, and they say, there's something different about you. There's a peace on you, and we want it. I told him about Jesus. They gave their lives to Jesus. Within a month, that big keg party house was an all-people's life group. And one by one, athletes just started coming to Christ. Put up that verse again, Luke 15. We're talking about verse 1, but look at verse 2. But the Pharisees and the t- teachers of the law muttered. The word muttered is so funny. They muttered. This, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Do you know that religious people have a hard time when we as Christians start interacting with unbelievers? And if there's a sacrifice that, that, that it takes when we actually start interacting. He says he, he welcomes sinners, and, and can you put that up again? He, he actually eats with sinners. And, and, and that's the title of this message is Jesus Eats with Sinners. Jesus eats with sinners. Here's my challenge for you today. Eat with sinners. Eat with sinners. Well, that's an interesting, I wasn't expecting to get that at church today, you know. No, why? Because this is Jesus' heart. Think about it this way. Who do important people eat meals with? You know, we always see like the president just had this gala and and he was with these world leaders or he was these leaders of industry or he was with these celebrities. Jesus, the king of kings, who did he make time to eat with? Sinners. Like there's plenty of important people Jesus could have been with, but he took time to eat with sinners, to be known as a friend of prostitutes and drunkards. 
This is who Jesus was. And, 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 you know, I've just been convicted by this because we're often told, hey, this is a welcoming church. Like, anyone can come to this church. Like, I, I hear that a lot of times. And, and we've always said, everyone's welcome here. This is all people's church. No matter where you've been, no matter where you come from, you're welcome here. And so it's, it's amazing to have a welcoming community. But it's a whole other thing to bring people into our personal lives. And us actually do what Jesus did and eat with people. You know, we eat with the people that we're close to. Who are, who are the people you eat most meals with? Your family, your roommates, your friends, maybe a couple close colleagues at work. But you know, it's a sacrifice when we actually start spending time eating with people who are sinners, who are the mingin, who are the, who are the, who are the ones that desperately need Jesus. It's a sacrifice of, can be a sacrifice of our reputation and I remember reaching out to this, to this guy who was a criminal. And I went over to his house to eat. And I, I, I could see people just looking at me and judging me when I went in. You know, I could tell they thought, well, you must be a criminal if you're going to go hang out with that criminal. I remember taking, taking this, uh, this older gentleman. He's, he was a very flamboyant homosexual guy. And I took him out to dinner. And I could just see all the eyes in the restaurant looking at me like, well, that must be what you are. But you know, he opened up his heart to me as we're eating. And I got to share with him about how Father God loved him. And Jesus wanted into his heart. And he just broke as we shared. Yeah, I've been on the streets. Uh, we often just walk the streets in these neighborhoods. And, and at times I've, I've gone up and talked to, to prostitutes. And, and I can tell as people are driving by or as people are walking by, they look at me, oh, you must be a certain way. But instead, what we're doing is we're speaking love and value on these women. And perhaps for the first time, they're being treated as they should be as children of God. But, but it's a sacrifice on my part when I start mixing it up with the minion. With, with, with those that are broken, but blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. So Jesus, as you watch Jesus, he's just always showing up at people's homes and eating with them. And the religious people are like, they're muttering. But Jesus is just loving them. And one by one, they're putting their faith in him. You know, I realized when God started getting a hold of my heart this way, I didn't really even have many Christian, I mean, unchristian friends. I, I'd gone to a Christian university. We have a, a lot of people that went to Point Loma in, in this church, and I'd been to a Christian university, so most of my friends were Christians. And then I started working at a church, and hopefully most of those people that worked there were Christians. And, um, you know, I realized I don't have many, many non-Christian friends, so I started asking God, bring these people into my life that I can become friends with. And I remember I, I'd be home in the afternoons, and this guy would drive by in his truck and just these loud glass packs and he'd peel into the neighborhood and, and he'd blast his music and he had big number 24 on the back of his window. He's a big Jeff Gordon fan. And, you know, he's like coming in, in his truck and it totally annoyed me. I'm like, come on, bro, grow up. But you know, God started breaking my heart for him. And I remember walking over to his house. Hey, how you doing? I introduced myself to him. His name was Gary. And, and, and at first, we just talked about NASCAR. I could care less about NASCAR. Like, I know nothing about NASCAR, but you know why I talked to him about NASCAR? is because that's what he cared about. And people want to know that we care about them. And people 
know that we care when we ask some questions about their lives. And he was passionate about NASCAR. But because I listened to him talk about NASCAR, he started trusting me. And next he started talking about his marriage that was falling apart. Why? Because I was a friend. One day he told me, hey, you're my closest friend. I thought, golly, that's so sad after just these few short weeks that you think that. He was a great guy. But because I'd listened to him and he was feeling the love of Jesus come through me. And one day he came home totally broken. He said, my wife's leaving me. I said, Gary, why don't you come over to dinner at our house? Why don't you actually come and have dinner with me? You know what, guys, I found out that my greatest evangelism tool is my dining room table. So Gary comes in and, and sits down at, at my table and just starts pouring out his heart and he brings his kids over and we just love on him and he's just pouring out his heart about how broken he is about his marriage. And I said, you know who's given me hope in life is Jesus. I give him a Bible. I said, why don't you just start reading a little about this. Read the book of John. He was Jesus' best friend. He started reading the Bible. And one day I said, Gary, are you ready to give your life to Jesus? He said, I am. Got to lead him to the Lord. Got to baptize him. We became great friends for years. You know, Jesus ate with sinners. And when you eat with people, you break down the walls. There was this very famous evangelism course called Alpha. Some of you probably heard of it. Tens of thousands of people have gone through it and come to Christ. It came out of a church in England. It would always start with a meal, and then they'd move to a Bible discussion. And after it had gone on for about a decade, they thought, you know, we could save a lot of time and a lot of money by cutting out the dinner, just going straight to the Bible study. You know what happened when they cut out the meal? Attendance dropped in half. And the amount of people that started coming to the Lord was cut in half. Why? Because they found that when you, people have meals together, it breaks down walls. And it makes everyone equal. And, and they become friends. Right? That, that's why from the beginning we've had meals in our life groups. Why? So people that aren't church people, people that are never been to a church, they can come in and feel at home. You know, it's not normal for, for non-church people to come into a room, sit in a circle, and sing at each other. Right? Like, I mean, that's, you know, like, that's kind of awkward. You know, we're going we're to go around, and we're going to do an icebreaker, one after the other, and then we're going to stand and stare at each other and sing songs. But everyone eats together, right? And you, you sit down at the table and you mix it up. And that, that, why do you think Jesus was always doing that? Because he knew the lost weren't going to come into the temple. Like Jesus would go into the temple and, and teach. But then Jesus spent so much of his time at home. Why? Because he knew that's where the lost were. And he wanted to mix it up with them. And he wanted them to know he was a friend. And church, that's what God's calling us into is Friendship. Friendship with the lost, friendship with unbelievers, friendship in that type of way. You know, um, I, I wanted to start a life group just with people who didn't know Jesus. And I just, you know, talked to people as they walked by my house. One of the most powerful evangelistic words I've, I've learned is the word hi. Uh, it's amazing what happens when you start saying hi to people. I know it's hard for some of you, uh, but you can do it. Just, you just look them in the eyes and just go, hi. And you'll be amazed at the doors that open up. Like, people will actually talk to you back. It's crazy. And so I remember this, this uh, Mexican-American guy, about 50, would walk in the evenings. And I said, hey. And, uh, I probably said hi. And, um, and we started up a conversation, and, and, and we just got to know each other a little more. And then one day he goes, oh, I've got to have a surgery 
tomorrow. I'm having a hernia removed from my stomach. I said, hey, can I pray for you? Right? I mean, it's always awkward to jump, you know, to cross into that spiritual realm, but I just did it. Hey, can I pray for you? He goes, sure. I said, can I put my hand on your stomach? And he said, sure. Right? God uses the foolish things of the world. Put my hand on his stomach, prayed for him. He didn't get healed, but he did feel, he said, yeah, I felt like some, some, something touched me right there. I said, that's God. So what was my next step? His name was Sinobio. I said, Sinobio, why don't you bring your family over for dinner? Why don't you come over for dinner? Why? Because I wanted to start a friendship. That's how we make friends with people. Invite them to lunch. Invite them to your house. Invite them to your apartment. Invite them to your dorm room. So he, he comes, brings his wife, brings his four kids, brings his two son-in-laws, brings all their kids. They all come. You know, it's like this like, flock of geese that came into my house. And they sit around the table and and Steph had cooked up lasagna and a spinach and artichoke, artichoke salad. They were like, we love this lasagna. They didn't touch the artichoke salad, you know? I was like, sorry, it's kind of like a cultural thing. I don't know what to say. Uh, we eat artichokes. And, um, but it was great, you know? We were very different, but we were becoming friends. And, and after the night, they were thanking us. And they said, thank you so much. I said, hey, why don't we do this more often? Why don't we share meals? And then why don't we open the Bible and just read a few verses to see what God has to say to us. These guys never went to church. They were totally unchurched. They said, cool, let's do it. Guys, it's not that easy. I mean, it's not that hard. I'm sorry. It's not that hard. Get behind me, Satan. Okay, Jesus, you're, you're lifted up here. Okay. All right. It's not that hard. Invite people over. So we started this group. We're meeting, eating meals, just talking about, just, just open up the Bible, talking about Jesus. You know, on the fourth night, I could just tell these guys were getting it. So we broke up, just like we do in life group, men with men, women with women. And I said, hey, guys, you know, you've been learning about Jesus. Are you ready to give him your life, receive his gift of salvation? He died on the cross to take away your sins. It's not about you working yourself into heaven, being good enough for him. It's about receiving what he's done for you on the cross. You know that? You, you, know, you know that, guys, right? Like, you can never be good enough for God. That's why he died on the cross for us. I said, CB, are you ready to give your life to Jesus? He said, yes. I said, how about you, Junior? He said, yeah. I looked at his next son, looked at his son-in-law. All four of them that night gave their life to Jesus. Four men in one night. Over the next four months, we'd see one dozen more family members give their life to Jesus. You know, there's something about bringing people into your home. There's something about sharing meals together that just breaks down walls and builds friendship. And people trust their friends. You know, the, the vast majority of people that come to faith, it's because they were brought by a friend. It's amazing what God is doing. It's amazing how many people are coming to faith. But I want to tell you, God wants to do more. I'm so excited about the, the number of people that come to faith every week here with us because I'm looking forward to when it moves past ones and twos to hundreds yeah. and thousands because it's all of us just out looking for people in the midst of their needs, their problems. Look for people who have problems. You know, so many times we're, we're looking at the wrong people and we, we share with one person and we're totally frustrated because they're not interested. No, look for your family members. There's always ones in your families that they're the broken ones. 
Every family has them. Every family has the black sheep. Do you know those are the people that needs you as the Christ follower to step into their life, put your arm around them, and you be the one person that loves them. I had a, a person come up after the last service when I said that. They said, you know what I immediately did? I texted six people in my whole family that are hurting and broken and just told them I love you and I'm praying for you. He said it was amazing the responses I was getting back. People of God, we are the ones that are called to the broken. Go to the black sheep in your family. Go to the black sheep in your neighborhood. I, I remember one of the women that got radically saved in my home. She was like the woman at the well. And there was always different men pulling up at her house. And, and she had a horrible reputation. And all the neighbors would talk about her. You know what we did? We went straight to her house, met her, befriended her, invited her over to our house. And guess what? She came to faith like that. Why? Because she knew her need. She was trying to fill it with other things. So many times as Christians, we judge the lost for how they're trying to fill their need when really they're just screaming out, I need something. And if we, we have what they need. So listen, go to the people with the problems. That's what the power of God is for. Problems are opportunities for God to intersect and transform lives. We're called to the problem people. We're called the ones that no one else wants. You want to see God start moving in your business? Look for the ones that are mistreated, the ones that no one else likes, the ones that have to sit by themselves. Students, go and calm the, when I started getting a hold of this, I started going around places and looking for the people that were sitting by themselves because Jesus loves them and he wants to pour out his love and he pulls the lonely into families. That's what he wants to do, you know, but let me just finish with this. It's not just about what we can do for them. This series is called With Jesus, and I, I believe you're here because you want to get closer to Jesus. Let me tell you one of the secrets of nearness to him. Philemon 1.6, can we put up that verse? It says this, I pray that you'd be active in sharing your faith so that you'd have a full understanding of everything you have in Christ. You know, I, I meet Christians and they say, well, I'm stagnant in my faith. You know, I guess I need to go to the, the next concert or maybe I should change churches or, you know, maybe I, I, I need something different. You, you know, one of the main questions I ask him, how often are you telling people about Jesus? Because there's some things you'll never know about him or experience in him until you start getting active in sharing your faith. Because when you start sharing your faith, Jesus starts showing up. You want God to move in your life? Start sharing your faith. Uh, on our way home from Scotland, uh, you know, and we just had this long 11-hour flight, and it was through the day, so I didn't sleep at all, and I'm like going batty, and, you know, I think I'm going insane. And, and then we flew into LAX to save a ton of money. So we fly into LAX, and, and then we had a, a taxi service come pick us up. You know, and so someone, someone shows up, and so I start talking to the taxi service guy, and, I'm, and, and he goes, oh, what were you doing? And I'm, I'm like, well, I'm a, I'm a pastor, and we were preaching in Scotland, and he starts sharing about his life. He goes, well, my father died when I was 10, so I gave God the middle finger. Like, okay, well, here we go. And uh, he talks about how his life just went downhill, and his, his mother had become an addict, and, and I said, you know, it wasn't God that wanted to destroy your life, man. The Bible actually says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's the enemy. You know, just as there's a real God, there's a real devil, and he wants to destroy your life. And all the pain and the hurt and the heartache, that came 
from the enemy. But God, he's a loving father. And he wants to touch you. And, and Jesus died on the cross to give you a new life. And you don't have to make it on your own. And he wants to come into your life. And as I start sharing, and I have been traveling now for about 15 hours, and I am wiped out, but I just start sensing the presence of God. And I just start sensing, you know, God, you're with me. Well, I look at him and I say, if God's that good and he has that much love for you, why wouldn't you want to open your heart and receive it? He goes, and, and he, he, we had been talking for an hour and a half and he had had an answer for everything. And all of a sudden he goes, I don't know. I don't have an answer for that question. But let me ask you another question. So we go back into it and we're finally pulling up to my house. And I said, hey, man. God loves you so much. Why don't you open your heart and receive him and ask him into your life? And he goes, man, that's the third time you said that to me. And whenever you say something like that, something just flows through my whole body. Oh, wait, that's Jesus. You know, at that moment, I, I felt his presence filling the car. And I thought, there's no place else I'd rather be on earth right now. Because I get to experience Jesus as he pursues the souls of broken men and women. There's nothing like seeing him start warming a cold heart and transforming them from the inside out. And I said, so are you ready to surrender your life to Jesus? And he goes, no. <laughs> and he didn't. And I said, well, can I pray for you? I said, sure. Put my hand on him. I prayed for him. I said, thank you so much. Then I gave him a big tip. Don't tell people you're a Christian and then be stingy. <laughs> Christians should be the most generous. We should be the most generous people. Pray for your waiter and your waitress, but then tip them like crazy. God will bless you back for doing it. I gave him a big tip. Then I gave him a big hug. He didn't know what to do with that. <laughs> And he drove off, and I'm putting my kids, I'm going and, and, and uh, kissing my kids goodnight, and, and then all of a sudden, ding, I get a text, and he goes, you'll never believe this. I got back on the car, I turned on the radio, and Like a Prayer from Madonna was on. <laughs> he was like, God's speaking to me. I'm like, God, you're using Madonna. This is, this is crazy. you want to see God get involved in your life start sharing with people who don't know him you want to feel more God's presence start opening your mouth and proclaiming God's goodness you want to see miracles in your life get around the poor the broken the poor in spirit the party people the problem people that's where God shows up why don't you stand up I've gone a little over time, but please close your eyes. I don't want to end this service without giving different ones a chance to actually have Jesus come in to their life and give them a new life and forgive their sins and make them new. If you're just saying, hey, I'm not sure if Jesus is living my life, please, everyone, close your eyes and just bow your heads and focus on what I've said. If you're not 100% sure that Jesus is living in your life, but you say, hey, I want that. I want to know that he's coming. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. I want to know that I'm going to heaven when I die. Just pray with me right now. Just say, Jesus, 
enter my life. Save me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for rising from the dead. I give you my heart. And I'll follow you. While every eye is closed, while every head is bowed, I, I, I want to pray over those ones that are praying. I want to pray a, a prayer of blessing and a prayer of sealing. So if that's you, you're saying, yeah, pastor, include me in that prayer. I am, I am open to my heart. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Or I'm coming back. I had gone far away, but today I'm coming back. I want him in my life. Just raise your hand wherever you are all over. Awesome, awesome. Who else? Just wave your hand. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Who else? Just wave at me. Awesome, awesome. Who else? Just wave at me. Wave at me so I can see. I mean, there's hands all over this room. Just wave at me if that's you. Just keep your hand up. Say, yeah, I want you to pray over me. Lord, I pray over all these ones all over this room that are raising their hands. We thank you that you're saving them. We thank you that you came to die for them. We thank you that you're giving them new life today. And we celebrate that in Jesus' name. And I just want to invite our prayer team. Come forward right now. Prayer team, move forward. And you that have your hands up, would you just step out of the aisle? Just make your way out of the aisle. Just come right now, you with your hands up. Just go ahead and step out. And I'm going to give you a book, and we're going to pray for you. If your hand is up, just come on forward. Just come right now. Let's give them a hand. And as they, uh, you know, you might need to push out of sight or just grab a friend, bring a friend with them. If you need a friend to come with you, just ask them to come with you as well. But you just come right now. I'm going to put a hand. I'm going to put this book. Here you go. I'm going to put these books in your hand and uh, give this to you. Just come on up. We have more of these books right here to say, I need one of these books. I'm giving my life to Jesus. Let's give these guys a hand. Church body, would you just extend your hands and pray for these ones? If you need, if you need healing this morning, you come forward too. We want to pray for you. And I know there's some other ones that are saying, gosh, I want to be bolder and sharing, but I, I feel, I feel so weak. We want to lay hands on you and pray that the power of God would come on you that you can boldly share with your friends and your family. So you just come forward if you want prayer right now for that. You just come forward. We're going to pray for you. I'm going to need some more prayer team up here. Can I have more life group leaders and more training school students? Different ones that are giving their life to Jesus, you come forward. Different ones that are saying, I want to be bolder and praying for that. You come forward right now. And we're going to sing one last song to end our time. You just come as you need prayer or if you need healing. If you you came today, God's just healing all kinds of ailments and diseases in our church. We want to pray for you. So just lead us in one last song.